0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tales of Music. It's been about a year. Uh, sorry, you know, another episode hasn't come out in a while for those who listen. Um, It's just, you know, life's been busy, COVID, you know, everyone was affected. And But hey, now that, you know, places are opening up, we can finally go anywhere we want to and do any, almost anything we want and, you know, see people and hang out with family and friends without... You know, cause. Um, obviously, there's still something going around, but you know what? I'm not going to get into that because what I'm going to get into is music. And today, we're going to be learning about blues. And in case you're wondering what blues is, it's not really, con- uh, unlike what I said last time, it's not really related to blues rock, which is its own thing entirely, which you have to go back and uh, uh, listen to rock and subgenres. But what blues is is obviously a music genre, um, but it originated in the deep south of the United States, obviously around the 1860s, by African Americans from roots in African American songs, They uh, and those songs were usually work or spiritual songs, which if you listen to some blues music, you'll hear, uh, you know, the uh, shouts and chants and... Uh, hollers and everything and simple rhymed uh, uh, simple ballads because those were what they were they were originally work spiritual songs which had the same thing Um, and the blues form was basically a mix of jazz rhythm uh, and blues and rock and roll rhythm and blues and rock and roll which is all just kind of mashed together along with the work and spiritual songs and it's its specific category uh, is called a call-and-response pattern which uh, basically says that uh you usually if you listen to sometimes this is some music the call and response you'll have a, an instrument play and then another instrument play kind of repeating it or saying something so they're kind of quote-unquote talking and all the same happen with lyrics too people will talk in the song or talk to the inch quote-unquote talk to instruments um and the blues scale. Uh, specific chord progressions of which the 12 bar blues is the most common Um, and you have something specific to blues called worried notes or blue notes in case you do it which are usually third fifth or seventh flattened in pitch which are very very essential to sound Um, but blues shuffle or walking bass, reinforce a trance-like rhythm and a repetitive effect known as the
1: groove,
0: which is its own thing in uh, in blues. Um, but there's also multiple genres of blues. You have, you know, uh, uh, the subgenres and fusion genres and original scenes and other topics, but uh, uh, well, other topics of the songs and everything. But we're just going to kind of go on to the blue uh the the main subgenre and fusion genre. Um there are forms of songs uh and not songs, uh of music genres that derive from it, such as bluegrass, country, jazz, jug band, ragtime, rhythm and blues, and rock and roll, like I said. Um, because if you like I said, how they're all meshed together, they obviously had to split apart. But some genre, subgenres, um, which I said some of them in rock because blues were part of it, you get boogie woogie, classic, female blues, country blues, delta blues, dirty blues, electric blues, hokum blues, and jump blues. And the fusion genres are spe- uh, other genres of blues meshed together, or fused together, like biker metal, blues rock, desert blues, gospel blues, punk blues, soul blues. You know, it's all tied together. But, you know, I'm just talking a lot about its music. What I haven't been talking about is how it's all characterized and its lyrics. Uh, You know, how obviously a song can't be a song without lyrics. Well, it can, but, you know, uh, you get what I'm saying. Um, It's baseline and stuff like that. But early traditional blues verses consisted of a single line repeated four times. It was only in the first decades of the 20th century that the most common current structure became standard, the AAB pattern, uh, consisting of a line sung over the first four bars, its repetition over the next four, and a longer concluding line over the last bars. And early blues frequently took the form of a loose narrative, often relating the racial discrimination and other challenges experienced by African Americans. As you see nowadays, it's the same thing. That it's that is just you know blues is usually always compared with African Americans and it's racial discrimination. But uh, it's I'm not just gonna I'm not gonna get in that too much because don't want to get in trouble. But uh, back to the, con- uh, the call and response format uh, and the use of blue notes, they are very—they derive from music in Africa. You know, obviously, and spiritual songs, but the Oranges and blues are close related to the religious music of the Afro-American community, the spirituals. Uh, the first appearance of the blues is often dated back to after the ending of slavery, uh, and later the development of juke joints which is, you know, we had the jukebox and the bars and everything. It is associated with the newly acquired freedom of the former slaves. Uh and the chroniclers began report about blues music at the dawn of the 20th century. The first public uh, pub- uh, pub- uh, pub- uh The first time blues music was published was in 1908, you know, whenever it was the sheet music when it was first published to start with the the uprising music and bands. Uh, blues has evolved from unaccompanied vocal music and oral traditions uh, of slaves into a wide variety of styles and subgenres, blues subgenres, which I just talked about, you know, uh, and it just it just kind of went from there, you know, one thing led to another, and now we've got all the music we have today. But in World War II, it marked the transition from acoustic to electric blues, and the progressive of opening. Uh, blues music to a wider audience, especially white listeners. So it wasn't all just African-Americans and it was all African-American listeners because you know, white people didn't want to deal with that until World War II when people started to actually listen to it around the 1960s, 1970s. And whenever that all happened, you know, 1960s, 1970s, a hybrid form called blues rock developed, which I talked about a bit about in rock and my subgenre, rock and the subgenres, which blended blues styles with rock music, obviously. Now, we are going to talk more about this, obviously, you know, more about the history and uh, musical impact, but we're also, uh, we are going to talk, right now, we're going to talk about a song, which is, uh, which is going to be The Thrill Is Gone by B.B. King, which we will talk about him and the song, and obviously more about the, uh, about blues after the song. So, enjoy. welcome back and I hope you enjoyed that song it was again the thrill is gone by BB King now uh, before we continue on about the history and the musical impact of blues music or the genre we're going to first take a deep dive into the song and its lyrics Uh, first we're gonna do the song then we're gonna learn more about BB King himself okay first Uh, the song, the thrill is gone, you've already heard it, you know, if you need to play it again or listen to it again, just go back. Now, the uh, main repetitive line, the thrill is gone, means that any positive emotion or anything good he had in his relationship, uh, being happiness, fun, sex, anything, is obviously gone. Uh... Obviously, you know, the thrill is gone. It's kind of in the title. But uh, continuing on, the first callback uh, in the song, he felt hurt or betrayed by an action, cheating, perhaps or just allowing the relationship to fall out uh, through, boredom, through boredom. He also feels that she, that eventually she'll miss him or he'll be an example of her failure through his future attempts at finding a working relationship. Uh, And as the song continues into the second callback, he does still have positive feelings and memories of her, but he has to live without her, despite his instincts to the contrary, or at the very least, instincts for social validation and liveliness. Basically saying that he he has feelings for her, but he knows he has to, or else it's going to fall out again, and he'll just keep going down and down into this uh, web of loneliness, and it'll just get worse for him. And to the third callback, uh, he feels too hurt to try and break the loneliness from first two and hopes that with time, all the negative feelings holding him back will be suppressed for another try of romance. But he's saying that even though his relationship is gone, he wants to know he wants to hold on so that way he can get another relationship that isn't going to die. And then the final verse of the song, he feels relieved that all the things preventing him from leaving her are over, but at the same time, he feels like it's the mature thing to do to let her go wishing her good luck on her future endeavors and all that. Even though in the first verse he was clearly resenting her, perhaps his emotional state has changed. Anger, sadness, acceptance. Overall, the song about a man coming to terms with the toxic relationship. Uh, you know, now uh, through the entire song, he goes that he wants to break up, but he can't because he's afraid that something's going to happen. He needs this, you know, emotional connection in his life. But as he gets more mature and starts realizing more and more that he has to let her go, he does and he moves on, hopefully finding another woman. Now, the song is really good. I I mean, I personally love the song and it's very emotional and very heart-touching. So, but now we're going to go on and learn more about B.B. King, who was a Obviously a blues writer. He was an American blues singer-songwriter. Uh, he was also a guitarist and record producer. Uh, he introduced a sophisticated style of soloing based on fluid string bending, shimmering vibrato, and staccato picking. That obviously, uh, well not obviously, but you can hear it uh, in a lot of blues electric guitar players. Uh, that, that, you know, kind of influenced, uh, or he influenced them. Uh, He was born on September 16th 1925 and died May 14th 2015 and you know and He was recognized as the single most important electric guitar player of the last half of the 20th century and He didn't just do blues. He did R&B rock and roll soul and gospel he like I said he played electric guitar, but he also did a lot of vocals that you heard. Like he was mostly the lead singer. So, yeah, he was uh, for all of his music and his songwriting. He was uh, inducted or introduced into the Hall of uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1987, and is one of the most influential blues musician of all time, earning the nickname the King of Blues. You know how Elvis Presley is the King of Rock? Well, he's the King of Blues. And he's considered one of the three kings of blues guitar, along with Albert King and Freddie King. Just for clarification, they aren't related. (laughs) I I, kind of learned that while writing this, or learning all this. They weren't related. So that's pretty cool, though. Uh, He, uh, because it's it's funny, you know, we have B.B. King, Albert King, and Freddie King, the three kings of blues guitar. It's it's funny to me. Anyways, back on track. King performed tirelessly throughout his musical career, and he appeared on more than 200 concerts per year in his 70s. In 1956 alone, he appeared on 342 shows. That's a lot. That's almost a show for every day. But yeah, he was, um, he was born in Mississippi, in uh, Itabena, and later worked at a cotton gin in India, uh, India, uh, Indiana, Indiana, Mississippi. He was attracted to music and the guitar in church and began his career in juke joint local radio. He later lived in Memphis, Tennessee, in Chicago, As and as his fame grew, toured the world extensively. King died, obviously, uh, in 2015 in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's pretty it's – a, it's a nice place to die, honestly. Well, not, not to die, but a nice place to be. But, you know. Yeah, he was uh, obviously a great singer and a great guitarist. So now before we get on to more on uh to the next song, we are going to learn more about the musical impact of blues. Uh and so basically the blues music styles are forms, twelve bar blues, the melodies and the blue scales have influenced many other genres of music, like I said before, rock and roll, jazz and other music, popular music, uh, and but he, uh, but they also influenced many other uh, famous uh, um, musicians such as Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, Miles Davis, and Bob Dylan, and they have all performed significant blues records. And the blues scales is often used in popular songs like in Harold Arlen's "Blues in the Night," blues ballad like "Since I Fell for You" and "Please Send Me Someone to Love," and even orchestral works such as George Gershwin's "Rhapsody in Blue" and Concerto in F. Uh, Gershwin's uh, second Prelude for solo piano is an interesting example of uh, classical blues, maintaining the form of academic uh, academic strictness. The blues scale is uh, very. It's used in modern, popular music and informs many modal frames, such as the latter of the thirds used in rock music, for example, A Hard Day's Night, blues form are used in the theme television Batman, Tina, uh, Batman, Turn Me Loose, and even Jimmy Rogers' music and guitar of Tracy Chapman's hit Gimme One Reason. So yeah, and that actually kind of brings us to the next song that I was actually using, cause I was looking at Blue songs, listening to them, see what, what I think would best. I was actually gonna use Since I Fell For You. Um, so yeah, uh, we're going to do uh, Since I Fell For You, by Lenny Welch. So uh, yeah, here's the next song. And after it, we're going to again do a deep dive on it and just finish up with the uh, genre and enjoy
1: when you just give love and never get love you'd better let love depart i know it's so and yet i know i can't get you out of my took my love and now you've gone since I fell for you Since I fell for you, well, it's too bad and it's too sad.
0: Welcome back, that was Since I Fell For You by Lenny Welch, and now we're going to do a deep dive on the song. So, Lenny Welch, he wrote this song, and I listened to it, and it's very sweet, but as you listen to the lyrics, you can hear that it's kind of about a breakup or a man who cannot let go. As it says, um... When you give love and never get love, you better let love depart. I know it's so, and yet I know I can't get you out of my heart. Basically saying that when you give love, or when you give something love, uh, if I can speak, when you give love but you don't get any, you need to end it right there. But he can't because he's obviously madly in love with her. And as the lyric said is that, you know, she made him leave his happy home, and she took his love, and now she is gone since he fell for her basically saying that she broke up with him or she left him or she cheated on him. it with something she did something and he can't let her go you know and as the chorus goes love brings it to misery and pain i guess i'll never be the same since i fell for you he's saying that even though he has this love he knows that it's not true love he needs to let go but he can't since he fell for her and, well, it's too bad, it is too sad, but I'm in love with you, as he says. And, he's, and this word right here, or this lyric here, you love me, then you snub me. This is basically, in case you don't know, basically saying that if you love me, then you basically cut me off. You know, you snubbed me, you took me down. But what can you do? You're still in love with her. And as the last lyric says, guess I'll never see the light. I get the blues most every night since I fell for you. So basically saying that whenever they broke up, he'll never <clears throat> he'll never get over her and he gets sad every night because of that since he fell for her. So this entire thing is about a man who cannot get over this breakup. It's just impossible for to him it seems impossible. So, I mean, but It was just, it's a good song. Now we're gonna talk more about uh, Lenny Welch or his real name, Leon Welch. He was born May 31st, 1940 and is still alive. He is age 81 and he was born in New York. So in his early years, he was born in New York and raised in Asbury Park, New Jersey by his his, uh, godparents, Eva and Robert Richardson. And he participated uh, when, when he was 16 years old, he participated in the initial rehearsal of the Marquise in Asbury Park, and his first time to sing for another person. Uh, in 1960, Wilt signed a Cadence Record. His biggest hit, a cover version of the big band standard "Since I Fell for You," which we just heard, reached number four on U.S. Uh, Billboard Hot 100 in 1963. This cover he did was so good because he turned original song which was written by Buddy Johnson 1945 and popularized by his sister Ella Johnson, um, was obviously, I guess, just a massive hit. And Lenny decided to do a, a cover of it and into a blues style song, which obviously, I guess what I've been saying is that he kind of wrote it, but what he's trying to say, I'm not saying that Lenny Welch wrote it as i just said what i'm trying to say is he's singing it so he's technically saying it just to clear up any confusion there um and he sold a million co- uh, over a million copies of since i fell for you whenever he did that copy of it or a uh, cover of it and he was also uh, it was featured in the his cover was featured uh or he he did another hit called ebb tide which was featured in the film sweet bird of youth and you don't know me and he also recorded the first vocal version of a taste of honey in 1962 and performed a theme of 1967 cbs tv series growing up blue which reimagined uh breaking up as hard to do as a torch song which became a minor top 40 hit in the 1970s And in his later years, when his recording career ended, he resumed his education, attending night school and driving a taxi cab during the day. He first achieved a high school equivalency degree, then graduated from the College of New Rochelle with a bachelor's degree. He also began singing for commercials, first for Subaru and later for products that include Coca-Cola, M&Ms, and mini Oreos. And in June 25th, 2019, the New York Times Magazine listed Jenny Welt among the hundreds of artists whose material was reportedly destroyed in the 2008 Universal Fire. So yeah, he he's done a lot of things. He started out as uh, a cover man, I like to call those uh, people who do that, and made him famous. But I mean... It's, he was a great man and, well he is a great man, I've listened to a lot of his songs and they're really good, they're really great, and, you know, I, since, since then, I mean, I can't believe he's still alive, honestly, you know, 81 is good age, but yeah, um, so now we're gonna finish it off with, uh, more on blues, we're gonna talk about the lyrics, the, uh, blues um so the traditional lyrics of uh, early traditional blue verses probably consisted often consisted of a uh, single line repeated four times like i said and early blues frequently took a form of loose narrative which Ak- 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 African American singers voiced his or her personal woes in a harsh in a world of harsh reality, as we heard with these last two songs: a lost love, the cruelty of police officers, oppression at the hands of white folk, and hard times. This melanchol uh, this mel- or this sadness has led to the suggestion of an uh, LGBT origin for uh, blues, because of the or Igbo origins for sorry, I just I cannot write um, for blues because of the reputation of that the Igbo had throughout the uh, plantations of the Americans for their stat- uh, melancholic music and outlook on life when they were enslaved. And lyrics often relate Trouble's experience with African-American society. For instance, Blind Lemon Jefferson's rising high blue waters tells the great Mrs. The Mrs. Igbo of in 1972. Uh, and although the blues gained an association with misery and oppression, the lyrics could also be humorous and raunchy. So yeah, I mean, it's, The lyrics can be all over the place depending on the type of song or depending on the writer. But nine times out of ten, they were all about harsh struggle and how bad their life was. But it's a great genre, and I recommend you check it more out because that's all the time I have for today. And this is going to be Sledge Gates and the Tale of Music signing off. And I'll see you next time where who knows what we're talking about. I'm not going to give myself a thing because we're uh gonna talk about whatever but i will let this uh say that this next coming episode is gonna be the last episode this first season which you'll have to see what it's gonna be and also the next season so thank you for listening have a nice day